When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, as botanical-style aquariums mature, it's obvious to all but the, like, the newest members of our community, the newest neophytes to the Blackwater or botanical-style world, that the entire look of the tank will evolve and change over time. Leaves are shifted in the current, seed pods become covered with biofilms and start breaking down, and of course, the water darkens. Change pretty much a given in the botanical style aquarium world. Yet every tank sort of starts with a baseline look, right? You know, a sort of sort of default set of aesthetics or water parameters. In the case of most botanical style aquariums, we have a certain amount of hardscape, driftwood or maybe rocks to sort of create the framework for the more malleable botanicals and leaves. You can retain much of that baseline look by leaving the bulk of the botanicals in place, perhaps removing or replacing a few selected pieces from time to time. This gives you a sort of established look and doesn't remove all the function, offering you a manageable option to keep your aquarium more or less fresh. Or you could simply allow much of the material to remain in play and add new pieces as you see fit. A sort of actively managed evolutionary process, if you will. One that not only mimics nature in many respects, I mean, leaves and seed pods and stuff are constantly falling into or being swept by currents into aquatic habitats, right? It'll keep the, you know, microorganism, fungal, microcrustacean population aquarium in the aquarium, you know, biologically fueled up with a continuous supply of new food sources, just like in nature. The continuous replacement and supplementation of leaves and botanicals as they start to break down is sort of a process, okay, maybe even a habit, which... Many of us who play with botanical style aquariums embrace. This not only creates a continuously evolving aesthetic, it helps maintain the biological diversity and environmental parameters uh, and keep them at, you know, a tight range that we cherish so much. Now, there's a variation on the theme. I know quite a few people that are into black water and botanical style aquariums that make significant replacements of leaves and botanical items, taking out lots of the older materials while replacing them with fresh materials simultaneously. And this is conducted on a regular, although infrequent, basis. Now, this is sort of similar to the Japanese aquascaping practice of Sozu Haishoku, espoused by the late Takashi Amano, which is the process of removing as much of the old substrate material as possible, along with the plants it contains in the aquarium, and then replacing them with entirely new materials. It preserves the overall composition of the layout, but the softscape, in our case the botanicals and leaves, could dramatically change over time. This process is very interesting to us in the botanical style aquarium world because as we've talked about many times here, it does sort of mimic what happens in many streams and rivers on a seasonal basis. Older materials are swept downstream as the watercourses swell and are replaced by new ones that arrive to replace them. And of course, in the aquarium, performing a Sozu Haishoku type replacement of materials can significantly change the aesthetic of the aquascape because the botanicals are replaced with different ones after the previous ones are removed. It essentially means that your aquarium will significantly change over extended periods of time, likely bringing a very different look to the tank at different points in its operating life cycle. On the downside, you know, there's always one, right? 
On the downside, it can create significantly different environmental parameters when we do big change-ups of materials in a short span of time. The impacts on our fishes may be positive or negative depending on the conditions which, exceeded, which existed prior to the move. Now, personally, I'm a fan of less radical moves, and in the interest of a good offense, I favor regular, more measured additions and removals of the botanical set in my aquarium. I tend not to remove any decomposing material unless it becomes an aesthetic detraction because it's blowing all over the tank or something like that. A while back, though, I remember I did a little bit of a makeover on my brackish water mangrove aquarium in my home office, which has, you know, it accumulated a significant amount of decomposing mangrove leaf litter over the year and a half that it was up. And I wanted to add a lighter colored, more sandy, kind of muddy substrate to more, you know, be more consistent with some of the brackish water you know, mangrove habitats that I've studied. So what did I do? Well, I literally placed the sand on top of the accumulated decomposing leaf litter and detritus, which is a pretty radical move for me. <laughs> it's a big change up. And quite honestly, it's probably, you know, a bit contrary to standard aquarium practice to pour new substrate over decomposing material. I mean, it impacts the biological processes occurring in that leaf litter bed, doesn't it? And really what happens is that though the power of the current and, you know, through the activities of my fishes, um, you know, are continuous, some of this stuff rises up to the surface once again. And the water parameters, they've been essentially were, were unaffected by the move. With the understanding that we're attempting to foster multiple levels of life forms in our tanks, not removing all the decomposing materials is just a good move in my opinion. That was probably my closest approach to the process of Sozu Haishoku, I think. <laughs> think about food chains, microbial growth, and environmental stability in our aquariums. Fostering more of these, uh, fostering more of these processes requires us to embrace, rather than fear, some of these processes as they happen in our tanks. And of course, nature provides examples of similar processes. Of course, I have no illusion that open natural aquatic systems operate differently from our aquariums, but that the concept here is essentially the same. Leaves get covered by sand in nature just like they do in our aquariums. Nature is a prototype for everything. <laughs> Having studied many images and pictures and videos and so forth of Amazonian agarapes, it's very obvious that although some of the materials are swept away by currents, many do remain in place until they fully decompose, adding to the richness and complexity of the habitat. And I think, you know, that we can mimic this process in our aquariums to some advantage. It's kind of the basis of everything we do here. And when coupled with good husbandry technique, you know, water changes, population management, feeding, and replacement of filtration media, blah, 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 and an eye for aesthetics, patience, and a focus on creating as complete a functioning microcosm as possible in our tanks, long-term success is virtually a given in botanical-style aquariums. Okay, emphasis on virtually, I mean, nothing is a complete given in this hobby, of course, but far be it for me to say that one of these little systems won't test your patience, your diligence, and your perseverance, but to those who do endure and hold steady, the rewards are there. Facing, accepting, and dealing with some of the, you know, early aesthetic challenges in the botanical style aquariums, like the appearance of proliferation of biofilms and fungal growth and the breakdown of stuff is sort of a fundamental step in building our skill set in this hobby. A mental shift. And of course, you can take radically different starting approaches, as I've done recently. Uh, I created a lot of aquariums which look established right from the start because I've been using materials that are very prone to decompose quickly, uh, silted sediments which kind of have that look, um, you know, and foster the growth of biofilms and the breakdown fast. It's a different look. I found this process utilizing, you know, different combination of soils and sediments and mixes of highly ephemeral and durable, you know, botanical materials alike. 
and a variety of wood and roots to create some really interesting microcosms which mimic many of the aquatic habitats which I love in a surprisingly realistic and highly functional manner. Not for everybody, but it's always changing and it's always interesting. As every botanical style aquarist knows, it's simply a fact that the terrestrial materials, when exposed to water, will decompose, they'll recruit fungal and biofilm growths and substantially impact the aquatic environment and the physical appearance of our tanks. We talked about this the other day. It's exactly what happens in nature. I think it's really important to understand the reasons why we create aquariums like this. What's the goal? What are we trying to accomplish? If, is it just for a look or is it for functional aesthetics? Is it for trying to figure out how to keep and breed certain fishes? Are you just a big fan of the environment? You know, if we make an effort to understand the way natural habitats that we love so much are formed and how they truly function, it becomes a lot easier to manage them in a more confident manner in our aquariums. Hobbyists unfamiliar with their processes and ideas, of course, will call this a mess. We call it natural. I mean, when you think about it, the natural botanical style blackwater aquarium is sort of set up to replicate a habitat where all this stuff is taking place already. Leaves, seed pods, all that stuff. It's more or less ephemeral, and they're constantly breaking down in these environments. So decomposition, accumulation of you know, epiphytic growth, and colonization of various life forms is continuous throughout the lifetime of our aquarium. There's a baseline of material which doesn't change that much, forming the framework of your always evolving system, you know, the driftwood, that kind of stuff. And understanding exactly what happens in these habitats and in our aquariums is an amazing source of information. And we can utilize that to create probably some of the most highly functional botanical style aquariums that there are. Stay focused, stay curious, stay diligent, stay excited, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tenant Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.